welcome to Badly Written Boy, a reciting of my teenage years and my 20s, now as a 40-something. How do I remember all these things? I wrote it all down in a diary. Badly. Enduring with me on this retrospective, cringeworthy experience is my wife, who has never read my diaries. Okay, hopefully this is working now. Fingers crossed. Welcome. There is no way of checking. None. <laughs> Until the end. None. I don't really know how it works properly yet. <laughs> so you may be able to tell that we sound a lot more professional. We do. We bought a bunch of new equipment. Which we means Mark. Which I've only got around to testing now. Yes. It's and very complex. We are just starting. Yeah. And you got a little bit stressed and you pushed a chair into the wall. Which sounds worse than it is, but the chair just slid. Three, the I count three chairs. I mean, I was trying to not let any listeners know. It does look like there's been a game of musical chairs. <laughs> and one of them has a high chair on it. <laughs> you were quite frustrated. Yes. And I did not do anything to help. Nothing at all. I just sat and watched my show. But that is helping because... You just let me rage on. Well, it's. I feel like it's better to leave. If I tell you to calm down or if I help you do breathing exercises, I feel like that's just going to send you into more of a rage. And instead, this is growth. You took yourself to the bedroom. I don't know what you did in there, but you calm yourself down. I punched a pillow. <laughs> that is smart. But look, it calmed you. That's growth. And then you came out and you were calm, collected. You had your breathing back in order. And you tested everything 17 times. It still didn't work, but you didn't throw any more chairs. No more chairs. Well, there was no throwing of chairs. No, sliding yeah. aggressively across the room. We are now recording opposite each other. And I'm just staring at your face. And it feels very strange. I do like your face, but I'm just not used to looking you in the eye. Yeah. While we're talking of such things. Yeah, I feel like it's better. I feel like we could probably have a camera recording both ways yeah let's not do too many things at once this was traumatic enough maybe next episode we can record ourselves yeah yeah don't I'm, push technology too much i'm not willing to involve that at this stage and commence <laughs> <laughs> which episode are we on uh i think this is number 20 is it what month, what year are we in, Jackson? We are in, still in 2004. We're into, we are into November. What are we expecting of this month? You're still uh, more, in... More gory details, I think. I hope so. About my first sexual month. interest. You are still in Brisbane. You are still mooching off everybody that you can find. Yes. You still... Oh, no, you did get a job. You were, did you I? were waiting. Yeah, you were waiting on. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay, let's see how long that one lasts. Monday the 1st of November. My lack of cash totally justified my scrambling around this morning trying to sort out a tax number. Without one, I won't get paid. And I just told mum I'm sick of borrowing, asking, begging and whatever comes next just for a buck. The good news is I got dad to print out the application form for this number. Initially, I rang W-R-A-N-G, the tax helpline, and they advised me to pick up a form from a news agency. I tried it down to the nearest one and they had none. That would have been too easy. I rang again and gave them my details so they could send me a form. When I asked how <laughs> These long... These are the days when you couldn't just download and print things at home. How annoying. I feel like this is why you're an angry man, because you lived in 
the days before convenience. <laughs> like that's really annoying. You have to go all the way out of your house to a post office to find out they don't have one. So you have to go home and find another one that does have one. And then you're going to have to like post it in. So it's going to take like a week to get there and then a week to process and then a week to get it back. Snail mail. Pretty sure I got my tax file number online like immediately. Yeah. When I asked how long that would take, the lady said five to seven working days. Fuck that. (laughs) It'll take them just as long to process the thing. So I just got dad to do it. He was all too happy to oblige. Why wouldn't he? This is the cheap bastard's wildest dream. (laughs) Once once Mark has a job, I'll have to pay for even less. Even less? He's paid for everything. Maybe you think that he might want rent off you. Uh, I've not dropped that in. So with any luck, I'll receive the tax number shortly after I send a form off and maybe receive some money by the end of next week. I got a text from Irene. Saying she got pissed up last night. Apparently, loads of people were buying her drinks. Uh, I didn't like the sound of that, but <laughs> but she can take care of her own so long as well. I'm not going to be buying her drinks, am I? <laughs> You're not. It's probably a good thing. You still get her drunk, but you don't actually have to pay out for it. Uh, and what's with the women in my life getting a legless anyway? I received an email from Michelle. Practically listing the many ways she's been disgracing herself in drunk stupors, <laughs> puking everywhere, shouting at people, snogging randoms, fucking slapper. <laughs> that was so judgmental. I thought mum said she was crying down the phone because she was fucking up the course. Not getting enough tutor time is one thing, but she's hardly in a state to excel if she's getting shit-faced and not turning up on a regular basis. Oh, I mean... That doesn't sound... I mean, you were a studious, studious student. Far more diligent. You went out only once a month. You were up in the mornings at your tutorials. Yep. You got everything prepared weeks in advance of the deadline date. That's how I remember it. So, I mean, why can't Michelle just be more like you? She needs to take a page out of my book. (laughs) I rang Jenny this afternoon with the intention to speak to Zenon. Jenny was full of talk, though. I filled her in on what I'd been up to, new job, and -and so-and-so. Eventually, I got round to Zen and thanked him for letting me borrow his other footy boots. I told him about the first two games I'd played, and we chatted about the new National Soccer A-League. The team... Oh, did A-League only start in 2004? Sounds like it. No way. They used to have, like, a national competition, um, but I think this... They were trying to turn it into, like, a a Premier League kind of setup. The team's most local are the Queensland Lions, who apparently play on the south side. They are just one of eight teams in the new league. No way. Well, how many teams would there be now? There can't be that many. Oh, well, I can't remember exactly how many. There might be like 12 or something, but I think they're trying to start up a second division, so there's a risk of getting relegated. Because if you finish bottom, you just suck. Nothing Nothing else happens. I was busy for most of the day. I had to get up unnaturally early for a morning shift at Victoria Park. I get a greater sense of contribution towards society going to work rather than getting up at 11 and sitting on the couch. Three hours felt like enough, though. (laughs) Oh, here we go. Back again to your co-op days, where three hours is a full day's graft. Moving heavy tables around is not easy. The whole setting up scenario that we were taking care of was new to me. It was a little more strenuous than I had hoped. It was extremely warm walking towards the city after the shift. 
Midday sun didn't stop me walking from Victoria Park to Brunswick Street and then on into the city. At Brunswick Street, I went to my first internet cafe. Ooh. Technology. The computers were quicker than Dad's and it was fairly cheap. Got another email from Phil with the pic Irene likes. Pam printed it out for me. I walked to town so I could get a glass panel clip frame. Oh, <laughs> this this must be for the, the picture of the dragon that I'm getting Phil to draw. Oh, of course, yeah. I had a KFC for a late luncheon. I deserved it after, after my three hours work. Pam popped in to drop off the printout and I framed that. It looks cool now, along with the DVD and car tag. I don't know what a card tag is. I hope the time, money, and effort merit the stage of the relationship. I know it's bad to watch too much, but Thursday nights are great. Neighbours, Simpsons, World Sports, My Wife and Kids, Simple Life, Little Britain, At the Movies, Extreme Makeovers, The Apprentice, and the conclusion of Playing It Straight. What a lineup. Deb was in a funny old mood when he got in. He'd got the train home from work, but he'd forgotten he'd driven in the morning due to a power cut on the train line. <laughs> he had to get back in he had to get the train back in because he needs to get the car from the parking lot <laughs> so that's, the, that's the worst like he double... drove into work and then got the train home and then when he got home realized that he didn't have the car and had to get the train back to drive home to double commute i would be so pissed off yeah i'd be raging mm. i've left a trombone on a bus but i've never forgotten a car <laughs> actually i've never owned a car so of course you've never forgotten one because you've never owned one <laughs> Um, then halfway through The Apprentice, Dad started talking to me about the courses at TAFE and how a horticultural course may be beneficial. He said he'd pay. That's a distraction, though, a carrot or so to speak. Then after he'd had a shower, presumably over-eager upon the TAFE chat, <laughs> blew his fatherly advice load. Oh, that is gross! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's my car. I talked about TAFE. <laughs> he marketed a career in real estate as though it were the holy grail, and suggested that I call Ray White a real estate agent. I heard him out, but it's also clear he regrets not pursuing a career in that area himself and wants me to. But I fall back on what I perceive as being one of the best bits of advice. Grandpa always told me to pursue a career in what you truly want to do, not anyone else's. Yeah, he um, he wanted to be an engineer. Your he, grandpa did. Yeah, but he became a doctor because that's what his dad wanted him yeah. to do. I don't think my mum and dad have ever push me in any particular direction friday the 5th after an early muggy spell the winds picked up and brought some wet stormy weather i was drawn to the veranda as the droves of rain suddenly hit such was the intensity of the rain it almost drowned out the sound of the telly i could barely see three properties down amidst the downpour i had anticipated that the football match this evening would be very wet and slippery i was correct on both accounts Oh, you're such a genius. There's rain outside. I wonder if it's going to be wet when I leave the house. <laughs> I started the game up front, but never came to grips with the game. There was a distinct lack of cohesion in the team. One of the lads who played for the team, Neil, was telling me he'd won a small fortune off a $5 bet. 42 grand. What? I thought it was bullshit at first, but it wasn't a genuine bullshit story. If you were going to lie, why 42k? I caught up with some emails this evening. Matt Forty is enjoying his new position at the landscape practice and Matt Wilson is finding his fourth year in uni tough. I searched the ALA website for more landscape positions to no avail. 
I had anticipated the lift to the coast from Sarah at midday, but she didn't arrive until mid-afternoon. What a bitch. Felt like a wasted day, but it was good to get down there anyway. We all gave Irene her presents on her veranda. She loved the DVD, but especially the pitch that I got framed, which she proceeded to show all. That must have felt good. It did. There's nothing better than getting someone a present and them loving it. Yeah. Gradually, people began to arrive and we all got in copious amounts of booze to tank up on pre-night out. Many Jim Beans later, we arrived by a taxi at Quest where we were VIPs and had a booth booked. The club itself was interesting, thumping music, exotic dancers, fire eaters. We were waited on for drinks too. I got more drunk whilst Irene and co started popping the class A's. <gasps> what? <laughs> I'm assuming you mean cocaine. Uh, no, I think they were doing E's. Okay. Yeah. The dancing became energetic and Irene only proceeded to become happier and hornier. Oh, I don't think I want to read this. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you loved this. I think it's become too much. I think, I think it's far too no, much. This, this is my dad wrote a porno territory. This is. Oh, my dear. Okay, we left early unwisely to get to another club and miss pouring rain. My bar allowed us in, only just though. Ray gave us a lift back to the house where come downs were nurtured with spliffs and relaxing music. It's all a bit of a blur to me now, but I became tired and went to bed about six or seven in the morning. Irene joined me later on and we had some quality time before crashing out for many hours. Why did they say it in such a weird way? Hang on, you were complaining that it was going to get too graphic before. Yeah, I know, but like I want some graphicness. I don't even know what the word is I'm looking for. PG. No, I don't want PG. I want like rated 12 at least. Right. But it's nothing. You're just using like... So you want one of those like... Who, who writes that? Want... Softcore? Oh, you... I don't want the softcore Ralph and... Is it what? Ralph and Boone? What are they called? Mills and Boone. Mills and Boone. I want something. <laughs> Ralph and Boone. Not just you using <laughs> Ralph Boone. Ralph Boone! Yeah, exactly. That's where you've got it from. I just want you to stop using cinnamons. I can't say that word. Cinnamons. Cinnamons. Yeah. Cinnamons. Cinnamons. I'm just going to call them cinnamons. Cinnamons. I want you to stop using cinnamons for sex. Like, if you just said we had sex, that would be better than we had some quality time together. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. Anyway. For the rest of today, we chilled out and watched DVDs. I hardly ate anything, but it's only when Irene drove us to Burger King, she probably should not have driven you aka Hungry Jacks, where we got burgers. Actually, she did, because I was skin. Again. I spent all my money on the night out. And presents. How embarrassing for you. Yeah. So you've been around people that have been taking drugs. You've had some quality time. You've driven with a drunk driver. Yeah. And you're skint again, so you've had to get somebody else to buy you food. Wow. After presumably... Buying at least one drink for yourself last night. Definitely reached new heights slash lows. I would love to know how many drinks you bought for yourself versus when everyone was really, really high. And you were like, oh, no, it's not my round. I got the last round. It's your round. I just remember them being like really kind of like, like lovey, like clingy. Well, you said she's horny. They're very, they're very happy, you know. That's what ecstasy does, doesn't it? Makes you want to dance and makes you happy. Yeah, I guess, but... I wouldn't know because I have never taken drugs. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving swiftly on. I don't think I could have stood another day eating barely a thing. So there was a degree of relief. Oh my God, Mark, you're wasting away. How are you surviving? Oh, no idea. 
So there was a bit of relief when Irene said we were going out for breakfast with Clint and Christy. Oh, are you paying? Oh, I doubt it. How embarrassing for her, having to pay for you everywhere. After finding several places Ed stopped service for breakfast, we eventually found an all-day breakfast stop. Bless their souls. Souls, S-O-L-E-S. On the way there, we'd seen a disturbing sight. A well-aged lady tanned to a crisp. A well-aged lady. And (laughs) tanned to a crisp and (laughs) sagging with a scantily clad fluorescent yellow G-string. Nice. (laughs) This is perhaps the sign of a well-established beachside city. After a fantastic full English, I once again felt the inadequacies of a skint man as Irene picked up the bill. Many- I wonder if you liked I wonder if you pretend to pay you be like I'll get this she's like no no darling don't worry I'll get it and you just like pretend that you're going to pay for it just to save face I honestly don't remember her, her having to pay for quite this much stuff like I know I didn't have much money at the time uh, yeah. but this is just ridiculous I can't believe that you just continue to go out like for me it would very much be like after a while look I cannot afford it I'm not coming yeah, but it was her birthday. Well, this Beth. is like, yeah, but this is one occasion where, you know, you definitely would go. Or you probably could have saved some of the money that you had because you knew that or not spent as much money on alcohol mm-hmm. so that you could buy dinner later or something. And I'm sure there will be more occasions before you get paid where she'll still pay. And also... My prediction is that after you get paid, you're going to blow all of your money on something stupid and still need her to pay for things for like the rest of the week. Until I you reckon get paid that's again. a good bet. Yeah. I'm going to end up going to like music and DVD. Or like a pair of like sneakers. You're going to spend like $60 on a pair of sneakers. No, I've already got my uh, Dunlop K26s. Ooh, K26s. We all got back to the house and chilled out to watch Go. Thankfully, it was half decent. Uh, Christy and Clint left after that, leaving an empty house. Irene and I put back put that to suitable use <laughs> you go again <laughs> what do you think we were doing we had some quality time <laughs> <laughs> man the weather was no better today i was shattered when i got up thankfully Irene and i had been shopping yesterday for food which she paid for i'm sure <laughs> oh christ <laughs> you just you've just got no idea you two, thankfully, Irene and I had been shopping yesterday for food as if it's like a joint venture where I just imagine you like like following her behind like, please, Irene, can I have this, please? Please, Irene. Ooh. Or just be like, oh, this looks so tasty. No, just dancing down the aisle, like picking up things and putting it in the basket. <laughs> and she's just picking them back out, <laughs> shaking her out. head and putting it back on the yeah. shelf. <laughs> I watched a bit more daytime TV and whilst Irene was once again sleeping, I decided to read The Hobbit. I missed my own book and thought this one would provide a more ent- ample entertainment. I was bored of the TV. I only read a chapter, but each time I'm around at Irene's, I'll read a little bit more. I was keen to get back for football, so got Irene up so she could drive you home. You can't do anything for yourself. I'm just I'm a s- child. I'm sorry, Irene. I know that you're sleeping because you're very, very tired, but I need you to drive me somewhere. <laughs> the weather was once again belting down, and whilst we were driving, she thought I'd best ring Carlos and check if footy was still on. It wasn't. Cancelled for Friday, so we went to her parents for dinner. We got into this bizarre conversation about early sexual encounters. Then it started to get deep, and she told me how old she was, how old Pam was, and even how old Glenn was when they lost their virginity. And then she shot me with the emotional bullet. When had I? 
Pam was 15, Irene 17, Glenn 21. I blurted out 19. Oh, that's okay, she said. Christ, was it? How do you gauge these things? Did she know I was talking cod shit? Then I got an attack of morality. I hadn't lied to her before. I felt really bad. It bothered me for the rest of the evening. It was in the back of my mind right through dinner. I tried to anticipate how she might react if I told her the truth. I didn't know. Oh, that's really sweet. It's, it was so awkward. I do remember that. Did she not know that you were a virgin when you two had sex? No, and I I didn't tell her the truth. I don't, I don't think I ever did. No. No. You don't need to. Well, no, but given the information that she told me about like how young the others were. Yeah. Well, you were embarrassed. I was obviously embarrassed. Yeah. So. On Alan's laptop, I checked my email, got one from Anita. I just told her about Irene and the lack of a landscape job. She congratulated me, but confessed missing me and wondered if I'd ever come back. Wednesday the 10th. I'm back at Dad's now. He tells me a possum had fallen down the chimney on Monday night. <laughs> a possum. I could see the possum paw marks in black from the soot, I think. <laughs> Has he not cleaned up after the possum came down? Dad thought the TV was possessed and it was two in the morning. He poked his head around the corner because he was scared of the whining and snarling. It disappeared back up the chimney after Dad was initially trying to entice it with an apple. <laughs> <laughs> Here, little possum, I got a apple for I think it has attracted other wildlife down the chimney. There was wasps coming in from that direction throughout the day. I was actually waiting for Pam to show up. She was supposed to give me a lift to the place where she works, where there are jobs available in the warehouse. It'll be full-time work, though, and humane hours, too. So I'll be able to quit the waiter job shit. After two shifts. Yeah. Because it's just too hard because you had to move some tables. I did. I had to work three whole hours Mm. and move tables. My lack of full-time employment paved the way for a 12-hour sleep. Midnight till midday. That didn't leave much daytime for anything. Not that I had anything to do. I caught a glimpse of my graduation photo and proceeded to look through the few photos I brought with me. I wonder how everyone is doing. So it must have been harder like back then when there wasn't any kind of like instant messaging no, Messenger wasn't added no. uh, to Facebook for quite a while yet. Yeah, so everything was by email, which is slow. I think I had a little bit too much sleep, over-rested for a strenuous task that never appeared before me. Yes. Tomorrow I have another job interview and football training in the evening. I look forwards. That really annoys me. It's starting to annoy me too. So, forwards. There's no such thing as forwards. There's no such thing as forwards. So it's just a made up You word. move forward. For, forward or backward? Yeah. So backwards. backwards. No, it's backwards, but it's forward. Forward and backward. Backwards. So that's, that's silly. Well, it's English. It just is. You go forward, but you go backwards. I'm pretty sure if you write backwards in here, you're going to write it as a singular. <laughs> just <laughs> now watch a good program, The Apprentice. Donald Trump firstly fired another of the ladies and then for the first time in four tasks, a man. The best task on this double episode was a fashion task Michelle would have loved. I love the program, but it always makes me question my direction. That Donald Trump character doesn't sound like he'll amount to anything. No, definitely not. I freaking love The Apprentice, though. I used to love watching the UK one. It was decent. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, they started a a British version, didn't they? I literally just said I used to love watching the British one. It was Alan Sugar. Alan Sugar, yeah. Yeah, I like. But again, too. first few like seasons, amazing, and then it just gets worse and worse. Twelfth of November. Do you remember 
No, I'm in September. Apologies. Please continue. There was a stark <laughs> contrast between yesterday and today. I did stuff. I had the interview up at Pam's place of work. I think it was called Crest Electronics. I met the floor manager in the warehouse and this one guy, Dave, who wanted to start me there and then. I told him about footy and he didn't have a problem with that. So he'll start me tomorrow at 6am till 2 in the afternoon. Oh, you're not going to like that. Not at all. So I'll be doing that and then doing um, 6 till 1 in the evening. That's hardcore. And the new job gives double pay on Saturday, so I'll be able to make a mint even if I'm fucked. A mint. I wonder how much you're getting paid. I bet it's like $12 an hour. No, I, I remember it was it was decent. Pam was a big help giving me lifts there and back. She's also working early tomorrow at 6, so I can get a lift there again. This evening was really good. I found that Victoria Park had paid me, so I no longer have money problems. <laughs> For two days. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Just imagine you going out my round. <laughs> yeah. Splashing the cash. Fistful of CDs. Right. So you've officially got your first wage. If you don't go and spend some money on Irene and take her out for dinner or something after she's basically funded your lifestyle for the past month or two. Are you going to be very, very disappointed with so me? So disappointed. Okay. Well, let's see. My God. I don't think I've worked like I work today. 6am till midday at Crest Electronics and 6pm till 2am at Victoria Park. Big thanks to Pam for giving me a lift in the morning. The Crest job basically entailed collecting the items from an order list that were located all around this massive warehouse. People there were friendly and there were many backpackers. We had one short break and after that it was back to work. After that shift I had lunch with Pam at Chermside but was too tired for much shopping. <laughs> So you haven't spent all of your money then? No. I had a nap in the afternoon and dad gave me a lift to work in the evening. I took care of drinks all night at an engagement party, which didn't get any meals, but that made it a little easier. I was still shattered at two in the morning and think I'll keep the warehouse job, but ditch the waiter slog. Sunday, I slept for a long time, but was still tired when I got up. I was only ready when granny and grandpa arrived for an untimely lunch. It was, however, pleasant sitting and chatting to them on the veranda. I still can't seem to bring myself to tell them about me and Irene. My mind keeps on telling me to slip it in, but I don't know how they'd react. You're not telling them you're gay. <laughs> you're telling them Who that you're Who cares how they react? Well, you like, I could understand. I don't understand why you're so worried to tell them. I could understand if you were coming out as gay or like you were dating a black person, but you're dating white Irene from the Gold Coast. Like, <laughs> what's the issue going to be? What do I think the negative response would well, be? that's what I mean. Ugh, Irene from the Gold Coast. That's what I mean. Like, I don't see I don't see why you're so upset. Dad got Granny a watch. It's her birthday on Tuesday. She assumed I'd made some decision in getting it when Dad said it was from Mark and I. I'd forgotten he'd even bought it, although I wasn't around when he did. <laughs> Again, no appreciation. Like you saved your backside and your granny thinks that you're a thoughtful, wonderful person. And you're just like, oh, well, I didn't know he bought it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you could have been a dick, like turn around. Like, so uh, yeah, what did you yours? get? What did you get, granny? Did you leave it in the car? Like, where is it exactly? Oh, I'm shattered again. I don't like this full-time job shit. <laughs> I quit Victoria Park over the phone with, <laughs> with relative ease. And I just have to drop off my uniform and tax number. As far as getting up at 4.30 was concerned, that will take some getting used to. Why didn't I get a 9-5 to job? Where do people fit everything else in that they want to do? I don't want to do that. 
I work full time and do now tell. Screw that. I might just do this job till Christmas and sack it in. By the time I got... <laughs> you're going to stick at it for a month <laughs> and then you die. <laughs> yeah, we're in like mid-November. Because of my resignation from the waiter position, I now have Thursday to Sunday off. I think the trip to Mulaney is still on for Thursday. I rang Irene to confirm that. Then on Thursday night, I'll go with Irene back to Alan and Laurie's where she'll cook for dinner. God, she's good. Lifts, cooking, I feel lucky. But what can I offer? Did I mention that I got to drive a golf buggy last night at the shift at Victoria Park? I got a crash course in it and it was fun. Nearly crashed into the owner's car, (laughs) which wouldn't have gone down well. A few more shifts then, I get a break. Can't come soon enough. You do have a hard life. I managed everything at work with a little more ease or so I thought eventually. It wasn't always pleasant though. The first two hours were hell, but as the morning tea break and lunch break approached, I felt a bit more settled. It's the anticipation of work that is almost as bad as the work itself. Pam came into the warehouse to say hello and could see I looked terrible. I expressed my view on how boring the job was and she said she would keep an ear out for me if any work possibilities come up in the office. I suppose I won't find better job unless I look for them. I spoke to Margaret this evening. She was quite boring. and I think Margaret. She... Margaret. 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 You do spell it Margaret. Margaret. She was quite boring and I think she has mistaken my politeness for utmost genuine desire to be friends. You are so mean. Bit of an arsehole. <laughs> it's such an arsehole thing to say. <laughs> How old is Margaret? Is she older? Margaret, I think she is maybe like know, five years older than mum. Right. So older lady, possibly bored, trying to be kind to you. Mm-hmm. And you are just like, she's mistaken my politeness for a desire to be friends. She has some very argumentative views. Today really wasn't that bad. I found work to be almost bearable. The most bearable day after the last three, but I was at ease with the knowledge that it would be the last for four days. Of course, the first hour was the least bearable. I was still half asleep. My body continued to question the exertions of such an early hour. The prospect of today had spurred me on throughout this week. Irene and I had organised to go to Mulaney. It was well past 11 by the time Irene arrived, um, and when she did, she was all over me like a rash. Of course she was. She can't help herself. We took a detour looking for a renowned seller of lychees, a curious fruit resembling a pickled onion and sperm. (laughs) (laughs) When we eventually got up to Mulaney, we went to Irene's Nana's in a retirement village, coincidentally right around the corner from my grandparents' old home. Thankfully, lunch wasn't far off. We went to Mulaney itself, ate at the Dingo's Cafe. We didn't stay long, just picked up some stuff for Irene's Nana and dropped that off. I think her nana likes me, insisting I should uh, always touch her and tell her she's lovely. Oh, wow. Quite hilariously. (laughs) Tell me I'm lovely. (laughs) (laughs) We drove back to Alan and Laurie's where Irene cooked a meal for eight. Always cooking for you. I couldn't get enough of today, but eventually it wore me out. Maybe it was the shagging. Exhausting. Well, Well, eventually what you couldn't keep up. Wore you out. But there was also an interesting acceleration into the social intensities of the life Irene has crafted for herself. Somewhere between the handshakes of millionaire restaurant and bar owners, big time drug dealers, and the temporary glam of schoolies and indie festivals, I've come to realise I'm right in the deep end of the Gold Coast lifestyle. 
Irene had today off and she planned to do very little. It was agreed that we would go and see a film, but rather than Napoleon Dynamite or Hero, we saw The Grudge. We went back to the house after that, which is where I'd anticipated staying, but were it for a call from Chipper Zubov, Chippy, Irene's chef boss, a man who likes to be heard, but who I had previously thought not to hear. We picked him up from his high rise and went to a restaurant by a marina. I was almost not allowed in, fucking schoolies. Chippy has Irene's attention verbally in a way so disturbing. I know his method. He blows you a kiss to soften you up and expects you to hump his theories, his perceptions, his opinions. It worked on me. <laughs> it worked on me. You're like, I know his game. I see through it. But it works. <laughs> I'll watch out for this guy. With Chippy and Irene, I met some of the wealthy locals. Rubbed them up the wrong way and I know I'd be fucked. So I kept my head on straight. It's like you're in some kind of, like, Underworld, the way you're talking about that, but I don't really talk about who else we we met up with. No, and I didn't get to know more about your sexual prowess again, just that you were exhausted because you were shagging. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure five minutes of your life over three different sexual encounters (laughs) is she exhausted or is she just lying there pretending (laughs) to be exhausted? Starfish, she's like, I'm so tired, Matt. You just wore me out. I couldn't possibly do it again today. Gosh, today stank a bit. Irene had to get up early and check out a potential restaurant to invest in. She invest in? You'll see. Sunday. The experience that I have being able to take a psychological step back and view things of how they really are has led me to question whether it's a blessing or a curse for me to do so. This is so deep. What does it mean? What does it mean? It means that you are such a special person. You don't just see things for the surface that they are, Mark. You're able to take that step back and use your life experiences, you know. You've been around so many people. You've had so many jobs. You've tried your hardest at everything that you do. So with this life experience, you're able to take that step back and see things for how they really, really are. Okay. Yet despite my ability to take this step I still find myself willing to idly watch the other characters play this rat race badly. Okay. So you know what to do to play the rat race goodly. Goodly. But yet, you're just willing to just idly sit by. Goodly ratted race. Yes. Although I can only judge people on what I perceive as being the best way to do things. My opinions are surely shared by others. Surely. Surely. And you are so successful, Mark. And what those opinions are... We'll just have to speculate. Exactly. And you are so successful. I'm sure everybody would want to listen to your opinions. They're not even opinions. They are facts. The facts of how they could live their lives better. Just groups of words. (laughs) There is right and there is wrong. I found several people to be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I just love how successful you are in life and relationships and work. And you give in all of these... Opinions and facts to people. So many opinions. Oh, here we go. I was over at Barry and Bronwyn's. There, wrong there, obviously. Kids were crying out for attention, but in all the wrong ways. It wasn't a great advert for parenthood. Later today, Granny insisted they are disobedient, but as children are naturally. Grandpa then pointed the finger at Bronwyn. Oh. So to speak, as though she were 100% responsible for the problem. He backed blood over natural logic, which is that there are two parents. Barry also needs to spend more time with his kids. Attention, but also education, 
not to strive for attention is needed. So wise. I mean, I'm so glad that you've implemented that into the way that we parent, you know, because our kids only ever seek attention in the right way. The right ways. The right ways. Little angels. Such hangels. There is no wrong way with our children. Everything is perfect. I mean, only today, Isaac came to me and said, Mummy dearest, how is it that the stars have aligned so beautifully to ensure that I am your son and you are my mother? I could not be more blessed to have you as my mother and my father as my father to guide me. So clearly... On the straight and narrow. I shall write it down on parchment. <laughs> Please. And read it. Please do. 20 years from now. <laughs> I'm so glad we've guided these children in the exact correct way. And we are, in fact, a great advert for parenthood. 10 out of 10. Mm. I solved one of my little transport riddles today. I rang the transport info number to try and decipher the quickest way to get home from work. If I were to get the train, I would have to wait a long time at Bowen Hills for the connection. So instead, I went to the city and got a bus, which dropped me off right on Bank Street. Two little tens seem a whole lot more bearable. You can sleep in, have lunch, do a few chores, then go back to work. Did you say Baker Street? Banks Street. Oh, I was going to sing the Baker Street song. Can you say Baker Street? Baker Street. Riding my way down in Baker Street. I don't know the words actually. I thought I knew more words than I do. You've done me. And forget about everything. I know it now. Are you ready? They used to say that it was so easy. You used to think that it was so easy. But you're trying. You're crying now. Right, famous sax solo. Take it away. I thought you had it then. No, it's. I could do the pretend sax solo. You just did. It was amazing. Yes, it got better. Segway, please continue. I'm back <laughs> after work at a most hospitable hour, 11.30. The only thing is missing is football. And for the sakes of a good night's sleep, it's a bargain. At work, I managed to use Pam's computer briefly to send off a job application to a Gold Coast-based landscape practice. Ooh, you go move in with Irene. It would be wonderful to obtain such a position. And almost perfect timing. I'll be able to go back to uni. Proposed to Irene. <laughs> <laughs> I pray for that job. I really do. I spoke to a German girl working at Crest briefly as she travels Australia and New Zealand. She said she'd been previously um, working as a strawberry picker, a most strenuous position, I imagine. I was shocked to find out she's only on something like 10 bucks an hour. Her age is 19 and that fact, and the fact she's a foreigner probably is the reason for that. We did this time-consuming job filling bottles with audio cleansing detergent and putting stickers on them. It was a nice change from the orders, and that's the only other task really, aside from sweeping up. Lucky us. I try to think about the money, the only reason I'm there. It's not about the money, money, money. I want this car. I need a car. Maybe Irene can come up to stay on the weekend. The house is empty. Dad's away. Going to Morton Island. You are not going to be able to afford a car. No way, who's he? 
gee, I'm tired now. Another day of soul, wrong soul, destroying labor out the way. Last night I didn't sleep well and consequently I was 80% today. You just, you want everything. You want money, but you don't actually want to work for it. No. It's so often I felt I was on another planet and nobody understood me and I didn't understand them. Pam danced over from her car as I approached Crest. She'd just met her favourite author, had a book sign and photo taken with the star man himself, whose name I can't recall. (laughs) (laughs) I felt so spazzed out, I couldn't recall anyone else's name. There's not much to write about when you do the same thing all the time. I could talk about what I ate at mealtimes, but there's no entertainment in a pot noodle, really. I caught a brief word with Dad as I fumbled around when I came in from work. Long time no see, he said. I don't see him in the morning because he's already left and I arrive after he goes to bed. He's going to Morton Island on the weekend, so basically I won't be seeing him for a fortnight. Not much missed, to be honest. He'll tell me how great Morton Island was, even if it was crap. I felt more energetic today. I think the key was good night's sleep. I've seen so little TV recently, and so I was glad to sit down and watch American Beauty. I guess the film inspired me to continue trekking through the shitty days towards my eventual goal. Short term, that means the weekend, and the long term, that means a car. I love one of Kevin Spacey's lines in that movie, particularly. It goes, you know that saying, today is the first day of the rest of your life. That's every day. At work, the pressure appeared to be on. There were several big orders. I found a bit of info off Shino in the middle, uh, and it made me wonder. He tells me that there used to be this one kind of shift, an 8.30 till 4.30. Now there's two kinds, 6 till 2 and 2 till 10. I would have worked and played football with no fuss at all. But as it stands... Now I can only play for two weeks, then no uh, no footy for two weeks after that. And Shino says, these changes were only put in place a few weeks ago. So basically, Cresty is fucking up my sleep pattern and making me miss my footy. So they can maximise output by expanding staff hours. It sucks. Yeah. Damn those companies trying to make profits. I know. I'm paying you for it. I know. I got home to find my text number had arrived and that will help sort things out. Extra money, money for you. I don't think anyone could work in Crest Electronics Warehouse for too long without going a bit loopy. I'm starting to feel that way already. One minute I'll be chugging away right as rain and the next I'll be booting away the nearest cardboard box in a furious blurt of energy. (laughs) That's not like you at all. I'm sure it has something to do with the energy levels. Like right after a break, I'll be fine, full of caffeine and food. But half an hour before a break, I'll be virtually collapsing in their seemingly drug-induced state, incapable of maintaining composure. I chatted to two foreigners who are at Crest right now, two Dutch, two German. The Dutch lads are quite funny. We all uh, struck common ground on one of the breaks uh, as we talked about films. Um, Johnny Depp and illegal immigration into our respective countries. One of the Dutch guys said that there was many Moroccans uh, and other Muslims in Holland. Fun. In the warehouse, I was um, I was on this relatively simple rotation of orders, but then was switched to another stupidly large order. Um, Dutchman Dave soon helped upon my request and Terry for some assistance. We eventually completed it, but I was glad to finish up today. Then I got a train home and walked up back past the station. It's a shitty uphill walk. Finally Friday. Finally, finally, finally. I'm at the end of my first week of full-time employment and I'm fed up with it already. <laughs> it's been a whole week. It's not even full-time. You're doing like four days. 
Yeah. This week, I look forwards to the weekend from Monday. So from your first day of work, you were already like, it's okay, I'm going to get a break, I deserve it. Mm-hmm. This is maybe what made it feel as though it took a month to complete. There was no Dutchman Dave in the warehouse today. I did, however, talk to Dutchman Duco and Simon the German. What great names you've got for them. Once work was over, we left for the station. We all shared our story of drug use and other stories. Our first time was a popular theme, so I told them about me and Paul at the Mad Capsule Markets gig all those years ago. Then I let them know about briefly meeting Gold Coast drug kingpins without my knowledge of doing so. Duku, a resident of Amsterdam, obviously had some authentic tales to tell, one of which was most interesting. He claims his parents are quite happy to let him smoke narcotics in his room, apparently a widely accepted stance in these parts of the world. We talked about the long-term drug use effects, mental breakdowns and related trends of mental illness. Then it all boiled down to justification of drug use in retaliation to claims we as individuals can no longer benefit society on any relevant scale, so may as well enjoy the fruits of life. Deep. This is very deep. Live fast, die young, as Dooku put it. Dooku. Dooku, sorry. Like, I mean, that's a really good... Like you say, like a really deep conversation to be having on the train with these two people. Yeah, they were cool. But I'm pretty sure, was it like Portugal that decriminalized all drugs and it's like reduced like all of the social impact? Had it. Yeah. Like not all of it, but reduced a lot of the social impact of drug use, like less theft, like people are having less overdoses Mm -hmm. because if you're caught with drugs, you're actually given help rather than being arrested. So people are being, you know, referred to rehab clinics or given like psychotherapy or, you know, like they're not going after the people in the streets. I'm sure, you know, if they found like a drug kingpin, then Uh they would obviously still do something about it. But by decriminalizing it, they're making it safer. Yeah. Especially the stuff that's not like really immediately life threatening. Yeah. Well, you and, might get into bad habits from it, but... But I think, but you know, like the life the life-threatening stuff is because people are cutting it with really cheap shit. Like that's why the fentanyl crisis is happening in yes. the US, being that's so much stronger than heroin and it's cheaper to get hold of. So they're cutting it with heroin mm-hmm. and people are dying because they're expect. Oh, I normally do like three cones of heroin. I don't know what the terminology is. I sound really uncool. Um, you know, and they do that and because it's fentanyl, they're dead straight away. And it's like school kids. Yeah. But by decriminalizing it, you know, you can make it regulated like alcohol is. The people why you know, the reason people don't die, you know, as often of alcohol overdoses, the drug overdoses is because if you get a bottle of vodka, you know how it's going to affect you every single time because it's exactly the same thing at exactly the same strength. It makes sense. Yeah. If they think they can regulate it effectively and then turn it into a bit of a cash cow they'd be happy to do that with oh most, for sure but you look things. at amsterdam you know like i mean i know it's only weed that's legal there i think but still you know people are happier that's like there's not as many problems as there are in other parts of the world it just it's not the worst thing ever and it's not the people that are doing the drugs and especially the people that are like addicted they're not the problem and it's surely going to cost you cost society less to um to try and manage it better rather than just giving people records putting yeah. them in jail setting up tax do money that way and then there's just more drugs in jail yeah duco and i had a burger at central while i waited for the gold coast train and before we went our separate ways oh look you can get the train to the gold coast you don't have to wait for Irene to come pick you up every time we discussed our football careers football career 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Careers. Your football career. And his. And his. Careers. Because you've had a very, very long you, and fruitful. I don't, I'm not sure what your point is here. My point is that you don't have a football career. You play casual football twice a week. Casual football career. Casual, that's not a career. You can't call it a football career. Hey, I'll have you know I played a lot of five a side. Hey, isn't career a weird word? It sounds like career, but it's not. It's career. Career. It sounds like the country career, though. Korea. 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 You do not say Korea. 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 Say Korea. South Korea. South Korea. Right. Now say Korea. Korea. <laughs> it's the same word. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I just said it six times in a row and it started to sound weird. Anyway, your magical football career, which has made you so much money. Uh, and the world gained great detail. The train to the coast was an interesting build-up. There was a drunk man in the seats on the other side of the aisle. He was falling asleep in the most strange angles. He missed his stop. It was like something out of a movie at Helensville Station. No Irene on the platform, but I, as I walked up the stairs, there she was. It's like something out of a love story, isn't it? It's beautiful. <laughs> there had been a bit of a party at Irene's last night. A friend of Irene's, L, turned 23, and insisted of making us aware of this drunk, even when we were getting it on. What? So you and Irene were trying to get it on. And she was just saying, and I'm she was 23. Saying, well, I'm assuming she was just trying to talk to you and she was drunk. Right. But you were like, move out my way. I've got my game going. Yeah. I'm about to exhaust Irene don't, and she won't be able to join in with this party. Block. Don't cock block. Exactly. I was up for a good night out, but everyone generally looked tired. Still, Irene, Clint, Christy and I went to cocktails and Melda's later in the evening. Everyone perked after a while and I was keen to observe at least some of the schoolies having never really experienced anything like it before. It wasn't unique, but it was harder to get in places. They insisted on looking at my passport, but all I had was my driver's license. See, I don't think you did buy or anything because I feel like if you had, that would have been like the focus of your thing. Like... I've got paid now. I'm so excited. I can finally repay Irene for what I've done, for what she's done for me. I'm going to take her out to dinner. And there's literally none of that. No, no. No, I did um, I did acknowledge how much of a cheapskate. You did, but then I've you been. never did anything to try and repay it. You've no. actually got money now. And no. you've gone out and you bought yourself a new wallet, a new top and new thongs. Yep. Irene was sick last night, not from booze. I don't know if it was one of those abdominal pains she gets, but I felt somehow at least partially responsible. Fucking too deeply. I knew that was coming. I was going to take a kiss and say, oh yeah, your giant penis like stabbed her in the stomach. And you actually wrote that. I wonder if you think that's true. What? That you fucked her so deeply that she's got abdominal pains. <laughs> I, I think you think that's true. It's pretty fucking funny. And also, do you think your penis is that big if it is possible? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> don't exaggerate. <laughs> yeah. You've not answered the question. No, I haven't. Answer the question. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> She'd been pelted with a water bomb on the way home last night. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> we were walking away from the the traffic. Yeah. And then I just heard this. And then I had like walked a couple of steps further forward. And then I turned around and she's just stood there. <laughs> like this. Like, well. Thank God her goods. 
Anyway, she'd gotten up early to prepare for Chippy, some of his family, and some of the Mortons, who were meeting to discuss the potential investment of the new restaurant. There was 10 people, including Pam and Ray. A visit to see the restaurant was organised for after lunch, and it was interesting. It's small, but I think everyone liked it. Alan and Chippy's mum are the investors, and Irene, Chippy, Ray, and Betsy will run the place. I made some suggestions on what they may do to improve the aesthetics. (laughs) Just I'm a landscape architect. I'm going to give you some interior design advice. You put it on your glasses, like drawing a little mustache, and just walking around, just being like, "Have you thought about just painting the top half of the wall just to, you know, expand the space in here? Some fluorescent zigzags, perhaps. Maybe a chandelier or two to make people think it's bougie. And a squirrel driving a Volkswagen Beetle." And you like you said here that um gave some suggestions to improve the aesthetics which were well received. And I could just imagine people po- just be like, politely ignored. Exactly. <laughs> like, hmm, yes, that sounds interesting. You were like, Yes, I've got this now. <laughs> Although I get a dismissive vibe from Chippy. Chippy knows what he's talking about. He doesn't like me. Pam took me home via Maccas. I wonder who paid. And suddenly I couldn't believe the weekend was over. Wah, wah, wah. Wah. I saw Dad last night, which is a rarity these days. He enjoyed Morton Island, camping, swimming and dune walking. His feet looked sore. Why am I looking at his feet? <laughs> <laughs> he told me they were blistered. Cat day at work. No energy. Too tired. I did something particularly stupid. Duco and I were breaking down boxes by punching them. We placed them against the metal skip and one of my punches followed through the box into the skip. Dumbass. Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) Dumbass indeed. I'm now nursing a fat knuckle and feeling pretty stupid about it. I'm also feeling stupid because I felt led into doing it by Duco, who egged me on. On the way to work, I bought a mango. (laughs) Awesome. I, tried, I tried to eat it at work, but no one told me that green ones aren't ripe. How are you this age and you don't know what a ripe mango looks like? Ooh, green. What what fruit is green on the outside that's ripe? Granny Smith's apple. Not an apple. Apples don't count. It's a fruit, though. No, but that's not like a skin that changes colour, like any ripening fruit. I could barely cut the thing open, and it was nothing like the mangoes I'd had recently. Yes, because it was unripe completely. Now I remember why I don't trust anything outside the realms of normal fruit. <laughs> Bananas, apples, oranges. Abnormal Sounds like mango. you are racist against against foreign fruit. Abnormal mango. No, the mangoes, they grow low. They grow everywhere in, uh, in Queensland. Bananas, apples, oranges, you know what you're going to get. But mangoes, watch out for these. And that, my friend, is the end of November. What have we learned? I'm not very generous with my money. You are not. What else have we learned? Uh, that. <laughs> uh, don't plow too deep. Don't plow too deep. No. I don't want abdominal pain. Don't punch boxes. I think what we've really discovered this month is that you are basically the same person you were 20 years ago, but probably like 30% calmer and 30% more rational. Yeah. But I would say that at least now I have some work ethic. You do have some work ethic. Whereas at that point in time... Although you have just I, dropped the number of days that you do. Yeah, that's like, it's part of that's out of my hands. Yeah. 
isn't it? It is. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like this is a first job out of uni, first set of jobs out of uni. Yeah. You are not doing what you wanted to do, though. Like maybe if it was actual landscape architecture, we would hope that you would be more into I, it. I just don't know why, even before the relationship, why I didn't just say, okay, it's not working out in Brisbane. Why didn't I just go backpacking or something? And just do just do the shit jobs as I'm travelling around. Yeah. Why didn't somebody just say, look, just go out, have some fun? Because you've gone because you've gone over there to make a name for yourself and that's you know, that was in the plan and that's what you wanted to do. You wanted to get your years experience and that's what you are still trying for. Like you still are applying to landscape jobs. Yeah. So you are trying for it. And you also had no money. No. So you've got the safety net of your dad, even though he's pissing you off. Yeah. And then you obviously, you know, you're just getting such good loving from Irene. Like, why would you yeah. want to, as a 22-year-old, backpacking and traveling and seeing the world or having a regular lay, you would probably go for the regular lay every time. Yeah, you're not wrong there. So um, we will see in forthcoming episodes whether things get any better. It's Christmas. I wonder Otherwise. what your dad's going to make you for Christmas dinner. Or maybe he's not going to host it. You I can't remember host. who hosts it. Your dad never hosts. He doesn't cook. Yeah. Anywho. But you'll get some time off work, which is much needed. Much needed. And or you may have quit your job by then because you said that you weren't going to last till Christmas. I think I've probably only done... You've done maybe, a week's work. Maybe like combined, probably like not even two weeks. And you moved to Australia in August. Yeah. So you've been there for like three and a half months. Yeah. And you're complaining... About the two weeks of work that you've done. Yeah. Okay. Just checking that I'm straight with what's hip happening. Yeah. Would you like to play us out with a song? Not really. Well, please do. We can do Baker Street again if you want. We could just go straight to the sax bit. You could do the sax bit. possibly have an aneurysm you were straining that hard to do the sax solo but it was beautiful it sounds much better than my saxophone yeah mm -hmm. okay good day good day <laughs> and that is the end of the episode spread the badly written word click like subscribe and follow badly written boy we thank our dedicated listener base thanks matt